We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in. Welcome in. Where we go? We got our first light coming in. Dom Harmio out there in Albuquerque. Good to see you, Dom, out there on Facebook. And welcome in to everybody. This is Broncos for Breakfast. It is Thursday morning, November 17th. We are flying through this year. Man, it's going to be 2023 here really soon. Probably fortunately for Broncos country. Uh, we're getting close to the end of this year, uh, but uh, it's good to be here. And uh, good to see you, Scott. How are you doing? Uh, how did how did yesterday go for you? We're uh, doing a a Bears segment uh, for the Falcons. I did. I got invited to do uh, to do some Bears and was speaking with them. It was kind of fun because it was two kind of self deprecating teams right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, then they're they're coming down here, and the the Bears are the Bears are in a good place for rebuilding, but they're kind of in a hard way for trying to win football games right now. Their middle yeah. of their defense is really really bad and it's hard to win games when your front seven are getting gashed yeah broncos only says ernie mays well uh broncos almost had almost took justin fields but they didn't so uh, now i probably ticked off half the listeners in here but uh, patrick sertan's playing Mm -hmm. ungodly level football so gotta get that quarterback right doesn't seem like russell wilson's the guy which is crazy we got another year to figure that out but uh let's say hello to some guys in here coming in kevin gray coming in good morning broncos family nick and scott chili here in utah yeah i'm uh i'm bundled up i got a little blanket on scott told me that i have to turn off my heat when i'm doing the show because the <laughs> heater is right behind me or the big huge like unit for it and it sounds like i'm in an industrial like dishwasher or something so i'm sitting down wow. here and I'm like, <laughs> yeah that somebody doesn't make for good audio in the background Somebody send me a Bronco Snuggie. I think that's what I need to do out here. But uh, so I'm, I'm bundled up, so it is chilly. But uh, good to be good to see you in here, Kevin. Hope you're staying warm out there in Utah. Uh, our achy dragon coming in here saying, every morning I wake up and I still see Hackett's the head coach is one less weekend I need to spend watching the Broncos. There's still reason to watch. I mean, <laughs> it's definitely rough right now, no doubt. But uh, unfortunately, this season's kind of gone off the rails. But we have some positive things to talk about, no doubt. I feel like we've made it this far. He's going to survive the year. You know, you're you're three and six, week yes. eleven. I mean, but we're almost there now, Nick. The only question is, is if you have any questions about uh, how many times can I write question into a sentence? If you have any thoughts or just pondering as uh, Giro Evero as the head coach, right? If you want to see what that looks like, uh, because you want to get an evaluation on how he handles those type of responsibilities, that that's sense. fine. And, and people are like, oh no, but what about the defense? At this point, who? I mean, the defense takes a step back, and we're still losing football games. Right. What are we going for? We're going for the best defense to never make the playoffs or something. I mean, <laughs> th- who's going to remember that? Who cares? Uh, the big, 
the big and, thing and is long term. He could still run the defense. You know, yeah. I mean, he, he he could still be you know heavily involved with the defense. And would you rather have a really good head coach or a really good defensive coordinator? I got news for you. You're yeah. only going to keep on to a really good coordinator two years at best, at mm. best for two years, and they're going to yeah. start getting head coaching jobs. Uh, maybe you'll when get they're this young when they're when they're this young. Now, yeah. guys that are lifers that have already done that and failed and come back. So let me let me qualify that statement. When they're this young, mm-hmm. he's 41, which is still young-ish. Uh, you know, even though they're hiring guys in their 30s, low 30s, um, he he'll be on the short list of a lot of teams for head coaching jobs this year. Yeah, he should get a look. I think that. Luckily for the Broncos, maybe um, because he is a defensive coordinator, he's going to be a little less uh, desirable because teams want to pair the young, brilliant, offensive minded head coach with the young quarterback. So that way you have the stability there rather than when you have the defensive minded head coach and you have a good offensive coordinator. Those guys get picked quickly. Like If he was a young offensive coordinator this good, he'd be gone. Uh, there had zero questions about that. And we'd be saying fire him because we got to figure out what's going on. Well, uh, fire Hackett because we got to keep this guy. But uh, granted, the offense would be better then. I digress, though. Uh, plenty of reasons to watch this game. And this might be the best, most entertaining game you have to watch the Broncos the rest of the season. Raiders have a very bad defense. The Broncos are home. The Raiders-Broncos games are all typically uh, quite exciting. Throw the records out kind of thing. And uh, the Raiders are without a lot of uh, weapons as well. And potentially, Devontae Adams with an uh, abdominal injury might be limited in this game. He's limited in practice, not going to be 100%. Now they don't have Waller or Renfro. If you stop Jacobs, you got a chance. I mean, that's... Heck, the Broncos might even score 20 points in this one. Who knows? Uh, But, Aki, we appreciate you. my heart. I know. I mean, it's possible, uh, especially if they get the offensive line reinforcements. But first, Jeremy Sean saying, morning, fellows. Hope everyone is doing better than the Broncos injury report. We had some positive positive fronts on that but yeah we got richard coming in saying hey nick and scott how about some positivity today positivity the broncos have some really fun young cost-controlled players on the defensive side of the ball and with those guys you have a very solid floor uh with the defense going forward that you can build around and should make it no matter what happens with the defense uh make it easier for the uh the defense to keep this level of play next season. Patrick Sertan's still here. Caden Stan- Caden's he's not going to get traded. You're saying he's going to get traded. I'm thinking of though. I, I immediately started thinking of the top players on the defense. And I'm like, okay, Sertan, Draymond Jones. They're going to pay. They're going to tag him. Or yeah, I, mean, I have it on pretty good not, You're not cost controlled anymore for one thing. Well, he wasn't who I was going to say. I was going to say uh, just how many young guys in the defense are stepping up that you okay. should be excited about. Um, no. Baron Brown, Randy Gregory, those guys, but you know, health concerns. Again, a lot of the questions. That, and it, 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 going back to Evero, it speaks well to how well this defense is playing despite all the moving parts. Yeah, you know, there's been one of the consistent players there has been uh, have been both Jones. You know, DJ mm-hmm. Jones, he ain't going anywhere. Um, K1, did K1 sign a one-year deal? I know he got a decent money. He probably, yeah, I was like, I figured he got more than one. He got a two-year deal. Yeah. Um, so, but he's, I'm talking the guys who, uh, Peyton draft picks on the defensive side of the ball. So far, uh, most of those guys have been pretty solid hits. Now he's, we haven't heard, seen about Delarian Turner yell yet. We're still waiting on, uh, oh gosh, he's on the injury report today. Um, uh, Ioma Uzurike, but but, uh, Hennessy as a rotational guy getting in there a little bit. I mean, that's fine. But then how much have we heard from Damari Mathis since that Chargers game? 
He's out there starting opposite Sertan for a fourth round cornerback. He's doing awesome. Uh, actually right now. Uh, he, so he deserves a shout out. Caden Stearns is dealing with the hip injury, but he was looking great before the injury. Baron Browning looks like one, like a first round caliber edge rusher out there. As, and then you got Patrick Sertan as well. So a lot of fun building blocks on the defensive side of the ball that you have and a first round pick this season. But I think that's got to go on the offensive side of the ball, but yeah. I digress. Um, yeah, a lot of uh, fun, young cost controlled rookie contract guys on the defensive side of the ball at He's oh, and also, God, I didn't even say I was meant to go through the list. I'm like, da, da, da. Nick Benito is playing better and better. I don't think he's ever going to be a quality starter, in my opinion. But if he can be a super sub edge rusher coming in in obvious pass situations and be a dominant speed rusher, there's a lot of value for that as a uh, the 64th overall pick. I was I was too focused on what he wasn't versus what he was in the draft process, and he, he got to improve a little bit in the run game. He'll be the first to tell you that, but. Man, he can get after the quarterback in those well, situations. Jonathan Cooper looked good last week, and his first opportunity yep. really to come back had some had some good twitch yep. to him, some nice burst off the edge. So yeah, I mean, there's a reason why this it is really a next man up mentality on the defensive side of mm-hmm. the ball. Um, on offense, it's really does anybody want to play? Yep, you know, and, it's been tough. Yep, it is tough. I think the and one positive we have here, obviously, you are. Married to the quarterback position. I don't know if you saw this report um, from Tyler Columbus the other day. He was doing a um, a show where he said that a lot of people are super confused on the Broncos because Russell Wilson has been calling out audibles and hot reads from his time with the Seahawks. That has been confusing the Broncos offensive players on the field. That like what's going on? But um, and then it's been confirmed by uh, Seattle reporter Greg Ball and also Benjamin Albright said that's it's happening to an extent. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Naj, so, uh, Naj is coming in and he's asking us this question nope. coming in orange. He says, on the Columbus pod, he said Russ is battling Hackett on play calls and calling audibles most plays. He also said Russ doesn't know the plays leading to issues, hence the wristband. How does the team overcome this dysfunction? How have we gone a complete 180 on this where they're all together on their own in camp together, uh, you know, down at Russell's house, everybody's working and studying to 
nobody knows anything. That seems far-fetched to me. It seems somebody's not telling the truth about the beginning or the end. So do we have agendas? Y'all have heard me say before, when you heard, when you start hearing local beat writers and stuff start to turn a little bit, you know something's up. Um, you know something's up. And that might be the first groundwork being laid that that, that Hackett's out. You know, that, that the, the first from coming from a state media type as far as being confirmed. I mean, do you, you think Russell Wilson has a type of CTE where he's getting out there and calling it Omaha, Omaha, you know, I'm Peyton Manning now. I mean, this sounds a little far-fetched, Nick. It does. Yeah. I do think that there might be some like audibles that he has ingrained in him that he's calling that are not like the actual hot read calls or line calls that uh, are not well, carried over. There's a couple games. He couldn't even get up to the line of scrimmage in time to call an audible. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. they're not breaking the huddle until there's six seconds left on the clock. There's so much bad going on. This sounds far-fetched. It does. And I think this is, I think that's true to an extent, given how many different sources have come out and said mm-hmm. that there's something to this. Uh, and I also think your beginning part is correct. The be- Oh yeah. We have a brand new offense. that's never been seen before. It's a perfect combination of Hackett and Russell Wilson, blah, 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 Everybody's blah. Everybody's seen everything at this point. And it's lip service. I mean, there'll always be innovation on the offensive side of the ball and defensive side of the ball, but to an extent but you're correct. To a one thousandth of a percentile. Everything's been yep. run. It's like music and, 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 and entertainment. It's like, I, I think it's really amazing. Anybody that can come up with a new song considering, everything's been done already, you know, entertainment yeah. it, coming up with a new idea. Why do we keep recycling old stuff? Cause everything's been done. It's, you know, there's, there's really not a lot of new we can, all they've started doing, Nick, is just calling the positions different. That's what they call new it's off ball. Um, it's new. We got this new position called off ball linebacker. <laughs> you have body types changing as well, which means that mean, different though. roles I can do. change. Yeah. We, we could really get but into there's that. An, but... There's an evolution of the human being as well, where yeah. you got 300 pound guys running four sixes, mm-hmm. you know, that, that changes the game for sure. Um, and the other thing I want to about, you know, leading one. issues yeah. with, with Naj saying, um, Russ doesn't know the plays. Okay. He, why not? He's he's reading the playbook on the way, you know, doing high knees. Either he's, you know, full of beans and he's telling us lies, you know, or again, it just it doesn't sync up with everything that we've heard to this point from these very same people. So why are you changing your story now? Why? Russ has lost the benefit of the doubt from me. Mm -hmm. Um this season uh seems like pete carroll and the seahawks are right how much they keep throwing shots here oh i studied the playbook and learned it before i was even traded here well sounds like you don't have the playbook down right now uh so that obviously wasn't true and like all this stuff is persona appearance based so i just i don't i don't trust what he's selling uh anymore unfortunately probably burnt too hard on the uh the it's the hope that kills right uh so the other thing here is you talk about kind of a different factions forming in the locker room. Sounds like there's some factions forming in the offensive coaching staff as well. Haven't verified that one. So we'll don't want to throw out any uh, specifics, but um, what happens when things, let's say you're in a class project for a whole season or a whole year, and you have to give multiple presentations and the first ones go extremely poorly. What do you do? And you want to get a good grade. 
screw that. I'm going to do all the work myself. And you keep digging yourself further and further in and isolating rather than working as a cohesive group. And you said, you do this part, I'll do this part and we'll show up and, or I'm going to do it this way. So that's kind of, I think where we're at right now. Where, where else are we at? Hackett's setting up his next job. Yeah. You know, where, where are the, where are these leaks coming from? Okay. I've already said, I've said it several times. Hackett will get another job. No problem when he comes out of here and he's going to sit in an interview and it's going to be really easy for him to say, that general manager cut my legs out. He gave the quarterback all the power. I basically was just a mouthpiece up there looking happy and saying howdy doody on, on camera. Um, that's going to be the, the, the for, I'm not saying that's what this is, but the cynic in me saying why the 180 degree flip on this, when everything there, everybody's working so hard and everybody's working together and we're doing this stuff all on our own and kumbaya to, he doesn't know what he's doing. Where, where's that coming from? And who has what to gain? Because who's on their way out? It's a lot easier to get rid of your head coach than it is your, you know, $100 million dead cap quarterback right now. And your head coach is the one that's going to be needing a job. Mm -hmm. So 100%. just, you know, look at it all the ways. How do you, how do you, how does a team overcome this dysfunction? It's going to take Naj to answer the question. Russell Wilson's not going anywhere for three years. It's yeah. gonna be your, it's gonna be a new head coach that's gonna come in and say this is how it's gonna be done or you're gonna sit and watch. Uh, Naj, thank you so much for the twenty dollars. Uh, we appreciate you coming in and supporting our show and all the Mile High Huddle podcast. You're a real one, buddy. And I know the season's been tough, but you keep uh, supporting us, so that's makes it a lot easier for especially us. Uh, Ethan coming in. Good afternoon, Jensen Broncos Country. Good to see you. We got Blave Bliss coming in saying morning, Scott Nick and Broncos Country. Bam X is in here. Good morning, Broncos Country. Dom dropping in the like you guys be like dom if you're on facebook or youtube make sure you click the thumbs up like the show drop the uh, reaction dom says good morning nick ready for the fbs playoffs uga all the way go dogs have a great day my boys and 24 degrees in albuquerque yeah i'm ready for the college football playoffs i'm really hoping that three sec teams don't make it because I, we don't need just an sec regional invitational tournament but uh if they're the best teams then i guess but i don't know right I, I'm probably going to vouch for a one loss Ohio state or Michigan, depending on how that game plays out because all these SEC, SEC teams have already played each other too. So the argument like, well, they played each other and the, the winner gets to go and the loser shouldn't same with the top SEC teams. Um, so maybe, maybe your argument then is for TCU. If they went out. Okay. If TCU goes undefeated for sure, put them in, they'll get killed, but put them in. Or I'm very intrigued by a um, one loss USC team. I know the PAC 12 isn't great, but I think it'd be USC hasn't made the playoffs yet. Caleb Williams is a freaking superstar uh, caliber prospect. And uh, I'd be more interested in that than seeing LSU versus Tennessee again. Uh, Richard coming I in rematches. I don't, I don't want rematches. It ruins the regular season for me. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we're going to get them with the expanded playoffs regardless. Um, but Which is uh, why you don't need to watch the regular season. Oh, I'm still tuning in, baby prospects. Scott, we're in draft mode now. Uh, Richard coming in saying, uh, so we need defensive scores to win. Unfortunately, that's like <laughs> I'm in I'm in this level of hell right now and everybody. Oh, poor Nick. But in the Iowa Hawkeyes are winning. But like the Iowa Hawkeyes are like a hyper version of the Denver Broncos where guys, believe it or not, the Iowa offense is more anemic uh, than the Broncos offense. Now, maybe that's not true because they beat up on Purdue and uh, Northwestern a little bit, but they're horrible. The Iowa offense is horrible. At least with the Denver Broncos offense, you have explosive touchdown passes. You're not getting that from Iowa. Um, you're just hoping that it's not a tackle behind the line of scrimmage every play. But on the other end of the spectrum, while this Broncos defense is great, they're not creating turnovers. 
and they have zero defensive touchdowns on the year. I think the Iowa defense has like four or five defensive touchdowns on the season and turns the ball over like two times a game, something insane. Like they're just playing at a different level. So um, yes, the Broncos need to have some defensive scores to win. The other big difference between Iowa and Denver that uh, Denver is not winning in the margins is that the special teams is night and day. Iowa might have the best special teams in college football. Uh, that's how they win all these games, despite always having terrible, like all the analytics and whatnot. So there's no way Iowa should win. It's too much college football, brother. All right. You're right. You're right. Uh, but uh, no, we got to go down to the draft mode here pretty soon. But um, unfortunately, <laughs> we're not talking draft. We're not talking prospects. Yeah. We're talking right. college football philosophy. Yeah. But but special teams in general, uh, Denver has been horrible on special teams. And I think there is a pathway to win football games in the NFL. If your defense, if your offense is poor, not as poor as the Broncos, but poor but you have to be good on special teams too. We've seen and it go both directions, okay? Yeah. The, the the last game against the Titans and the win against the 49ers were two very similar games. Field position won each of them. Mm -hmm. Field position yards. won both of those games. Field position was dictated by special yeah. teams. Now, if you were a better team, better on offense, it wouldn't have come down to that. So mm -hmm. I don't yeah. want to have to count on my special teams. You know, they are the third phase, obviously. But what Jesse says coming in would be, would be really interesting uh, on a video game. Uh, what would you think about dumping Russ now, eat his $109 million next year, knowing we'll not be good in 23, and start a clean rebuild in 24 versus dragging this out? You could. Um, you'd end up with about $70 million in payroll after injuries and other dead cap and stuff. Um, anybody that you might think about wanting would be gone. Forget about re-signing mm -hmm. Draymond Jones. You'd have to move Justin Simmons. It would be a slash and burn type of thing. Would you really want to try and do um, 55 across two years? You know, uh, do it after June 1st, Jesse, and you can spread that dead cap across two years. If the, you know, we talk about the, the salary cap expanding. Okay, the salary cap could go from 200 to 250. That'd be a 25% increase. That'd be big. That just means players are going to get, be getting more money. You know, that just means the seven guy, the, the $7 million guy just became worth 10, et cetera, et cetera. So it doesn't necessarily make it every, any easier because you're still competing for the same players with all the other teams whose salary cap also just went up. It helps with current contracts like this one. Like this one. But yeah. I think Jesse, and again, why I said, why I was a little snarky in it, and this wasn't at you, why this makes sense in a... Uh, in a, a video game is because it's just, it's not anybody's real money. Um, he got a $50 million signing bonus from somebody. Now I, I know billions are billions, but people don't like, they don't become billionaires by writing flushing $50 million checks down the drain. So, yeah. you know, I don't think they'd be willing to give up on Russell Wilson this quickly. Um, but we'll, we'll see. I would be shocked <laughs> beyond belief if Russell Wilson is gone after this season. Uh, but if he plays this poorly and the offense is this dysfunctional and, you know, there's so many reasons to blame him, but if it's in, let's say that you have better injury luck next year, you switch the variables, of the offensive scheme and coaching staff, and it's still, let's say it goes from the worst in the league to bottom five or bottom 10, then you have to have a conversation, I think, and uh, talk about the cap hit becomes much more palatable with a post June 1st uh, cut. Oh. In, I think it uh, makes it makes more sense just to just to put, stash him on the practice squad for the uh, for next year. Yeah. Well, yeah, because in, in well in the next two years, his cap hit next year is only twenty two million. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. 
Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Why would I eat a $100 million cap hit or even 55 across two when I could just eat a $22 million cap hit and have them still on the roster? So the next year's cap hit in 2024 is only $35 million. His dead cap hit, even spread across two seasons, is more than that. So again, 2025 is his cap hit goes from 35 to 55, and his dead cap drops to 49. Mm-hmm. So you're you're not gonna you're not getting rid of him. You might just mothball him, um, which is a possibility. I, I mean. Do you see any other way around it? You're playing with a 52 or you just got the most expensive practice squad guy in the NFL. I mean, you also have to account for Russell Wilson and his camp. I'm curious if they would do something contractually okay. to, to, I would to not injury easier. list him or something, you know, yeah. you know, you can, you can keep him away from the facility while still paying him. They, this is crazy. With <laughs> pedophile teachers in California all the time, but that's a different yeah. story. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Russell Wilson's going to get next year, and uh, if he plays poorly next year, I think there's a very strong possibility that uh, we're in the quarterback conversation, and then you probably keep him and a rookie quarterback uh, and then go from there. But uh, it's crazy. Uh, it's absolutely – nobody saw this coming. It's, how did we get here? Uh, Nosh comments, thanks, brothers. Year after year, it's so rough. So having uh, brothers just to listen to really helps. Well, thank you so much, Naj. We appreciate you. Let's say hello to some more folks in here. Dr. Van Nostrin coming in. Who in their right mind would take Russ's contract? He isn't going anywhere. It might be something It's where... not about trying to trade his contract. No. Um, and, and frankly, the even if it was, I mean, who who would take Russell Wilson right now? It has nothing to do with the con- with the contract. It has to do with what it costs you because what you're paying in guaranteed money. Mm-hmm. So what's the cost of losing him? Not can I get someone else to take him? Getting someone else to take him, they usually just pick up the base salary. The base salary for 2023 is $8 million. That's all they're picking up. Yeah. You're stuck with those guarantees, fellas. That's yeah. the dead money that we are always talking about. The guaranteed money is what you are stuck with, not the team that would take on. You trade Russell Wilson, the other teams gets $8 million. That's that's what they're liable for. You are still liable for all those guarantees, including the signing bonus you gave him, which counts against your de- dead cap. That's yeah. the problem. We talk about the salary caps, a myth. It's a myth while you're playing well. If you're not playing well, it becomes a, a an anchor that's dragging you to the bottom of the freaking sea. Yeah. <sighs> okay, Toyin, want to say hello, good morning, afternoon, Broncos country. Good to see you, Dave Glassman. Good to see you, Dave. We got Zay coming in saying, "Can we all just admit that loving this team this year, we are all pain freaks?" Yeah, masochist. I think is what you're looking for there. Uh, Greg <laughs> Smith coming in, top of the morning. Good to see you, Benjamin. The more Flores, you suffer, wh- the more it shows you really care. Yeah. Shout God. out to the offspring. <laughs> Benjamin Flores, what's up, man? Good morning to you. Good to see you. Uh, we got Chris Jenkins saying maybe if we put Vance, Vic, and Hackett on the same coaching staff, we can bind their powers for a few more wins. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, 
<sighs> Maybe. Um, Ernie Mays saying this Bronco game, they're going to get 21 points in field goals. That means they're moving the ball uh, to get into field goal range constantly. So that'd be great. Andrew Lampy coming with support on Facebook saying, uh, morning, fellas. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday to you. Uh, and good Andrew, to see appreciate you. you coming in late last night. Right as we were signing off, you came in with some stars. So shout out. want to say thank you. You might have gotten the Twitter shout out. I'm not sure. But this is a thank you from us today for today for yesterday for what's coming and what has passed thank you very much andrew you're a big part of the show thank you so much uh michael ronquillo saying good morning nick and scott and broncos for breakfast also we got rob good morning nick and scott given our standings are any of the bfb shows going to be more draft oriented in the near future probably not i mean we're going to start talking draft segments no doubt and if you guys put in super chats about draft questions and guess what we're going to talk about the bleep and draft. Um, I'm, I'm starting to get excited for that, but uh, yeah, um, well, there'll be more draft content coming up and for sure uh, come January. Um, Michael, good morning. I think we already said hello to Michael, but we'll say hello again. Colton. So happy. I got to catch you live. Well, we're happy. You got to join us live. Colton. Good to see you. Glenn Hare. Morning, fellas. Any words on Browning and Gregory? Can't wait to see Browning as our starting edge. Uh, Browning, Browning, Browning. It sounds like he is day to day. There's a chance he will play Gregory. They are going to take it easy with him. Uh, they're going to put Gregory in when he feels when they feel ready for him. There's no reason to rush him. The win loss at this point record is whatever. It's more important to get him healthy and uh, back out there. So I think they're not going to rush uh, Gregory at all. They are going to slow roll it with him. Uh, this no this is almost word for word what they said about Billy Turner and Tom Compton in August. Yeah. On if uh, if Randy Gregory has a chance to be activated from injured reserve this week. Nathaniel Hackett says, we're just playing that week to week. We want to do the right thing for him. If we've learned from the past, again, we said that in the summertime, we don't know what his coach speak actually, we don't have the translator in yet. Hmm. No, he ain't playing. And it's going to be a few weeks. That's what we just heard. Yeah. Yep. Slow rolling. I mean, Jacob Martin looked fine last week. You want to see what you have more with Nick Benito. You have a cost control of Jacob Martin next year as well. You have two more years of cost control to Jonathan Cooper and uh, Baron Brown and come back. It's going to be the young guns. Uh, Brandy Gregory is more about 2023 season at this point, which is unfortunate. But again, we're in the, we need to evaluate the middle and bottom end of this roster to, and get some reps for these guys in development. It's a developmental season from here on out and a get Russ right season. If we can, Gerald Hendy coming in. I recognize you, Gerald, on uh, some of the MHH groups saying, oh, wow, first time a live show showed up on my feed. Good morning. Good morning to you, Gerald. We appreciate you. And uh, we got Ethan flashing orange on us. Uh, good to see you, Ethan. Uh, says, here's a thought on how to beat the Raiders. Know where Josh Jacobs is at all times when he's in the game. Josh Jacobs has been killing Denver as of late. Yes, uh, he has. And this is a great transition. I want to say hello to some more people in here, but let's start getting into this Raiders game a little bit. Um, Darren Waller, Raiders tight end is out. Uh, Hunter Renfro, Raiders slot receiver, is out. And Devontae Adams showed up on the injury report yesterday, limited, with a abdominal injury. So what does that mean? This Raiders offensive line is terrible. Their defense is even worse. <clears throat> so now you have Derek Carr and Josh Jacobs. I don't think the Broncos need to use the exact game plan that we saw last week uh, versus the Tennessee Titans where they ran a 5-3 front, which is wild in the year 2022 of uh, NFL football. But I'm expecting to see the Broncos be much more aggressive up front uh, with their defensive looks in stopping the run, assuming that you can put uh, Adams on Sertan Island. All right. You want to go back to, to Josh Jacobs real quick? You want to hear yeah. pain? Sorry. Mm -hmm. I, I know Richard said he wanted positivity, but I wanted to see, you know, I looked up Derek Carr's splits and how he does against the Broncos. And when, when Ethan said that, 
I wanted to see Josh Jacobs. So obviously he has, um, you know, playing against the West, he's got more, more rushes and more games, more attempts against AFC West opponents, but he's got more yards against the Denver Broncos than the Chargers and the Chiefs, despite the fact that he's played the Chiefs one more time. The Raiders are one and six against the Chiefs in games he plays. They are six and oh against the Denver Broncos in games that, John, that Josh Jacobs has played six and oh, oh my. And Ethan you're right. Follow that dude. Because because yeah. the numbers from, from Derek Carr against the Broncos have been pedestrian. You know, watching mm-hmm. him against the Colts, I'm like, this guy's not playing very well. How does he do against the, the Broncos historically? Meh. He's been okay. Josh Jacobs has been a freaking beast. He scored twice as many touchdowns against the Broncos as any other AFC West opponent. He's been he's been tough. Yeah, this is one of those games for me where obviously you trust Sertan to wipe out uh, Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is still going to get some of his, no doubt, but the way Sertan is playing right now, he's a cheat code. I know we're giving a lot of credit to uh, Ishiro Evero, and rightfully so, but like nobody's playing as good at the cornerback position as Sertan is right now. I thought he's given up like two yards in the last four weeks or something insane um, until he's not making the turnovers. That's kind of true, but the Broncos aren't playing with a lead where the other team has to play more aggressive and take those Why chances would I throw at him? and they're not throwing at him. <laughs> they're not throwing at him. Um, so this is a game where I think you say Sertan, at least in the first half, you might have to adjust depending on what it looks like. But in the first half, it's like, okay, Sertan Island. Uh, we're going to really put that to test your Devontae Adams. Great, but we're going to bank on him being the only dude. And with the abdominal injury, Mm-hmm. We trust you, Sertan. The rest of that is Josh Jacobs. You are going to average less than two yards of carry. That is our goal. We're going to hopefully see Mike Purcell in there. Mike Purcell popped up on the uh, the limited list yesterday, which is fine for Wednesday. I think limited is more likely to play uh, than that of day to day. So we yeah. will uh, we'll see him out there. I'm assuming. So this limited is DJ Jones standard for veterans. Yeah, on a Wednesday. Yep. yep. 100%. So I think this is very much a, a base defense game. Broncos like to use a lot of penny front, but I'm guessing base defense is the game. And another key here for this game, uh, Josie Jewell had an amazing game against the 49ers and then had a bad game, not a great game, against the Raiders. But the one who really struggled was Jonas Griffith uh, in that game along with the defensive line. I'm guessing we're going to see a high dose of Alex Singleton and Josie Jewell out there where Alex is, you know, about paid what he is. He gets a lot of tackles, but he's not as not nearly as good as Josie. Uh, but um, it more in the right position uh, than Jonas Griffith. So I think you're going to be better out there. Also, hopefully having Justin Simmons on the back end uh, listed as a limited rather than day-to-day should help this defense as well. And Nick, right now you take a lot of tackles from your linebacker six yards and in. <laughs> if he's if he's doing that, okay, uh, just do your job. You know, limit those 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 broken tackles that go from four to 40. You know, that's that's where you're going to get killed. So if your linebackers are doing their jobs, second and five, third and two is not necessarily going to kill you against this team. Um, Derek Carr is, you know, better than he's not bad. He's not a bad quarterback. You know, we're not talking about going against Malik Willis here, um, you know, or Zach Wilson. But I'd feel better making Derek Carr trying to beat you with the limited weapons on offense that they have than having, you know, Josh Jacobs go for a buck 80 and three touchdowns. Yeah. hundred percent. Uh, Philip Hagenson coming in here. That looks like a, uh, Danish name. If I ever saw one, maybe a Scandinavian, um, but uh, good morning guys. Good to see you, Philip. We appreciate you. And Dr. Van Nordstrom coming in here or no- 
uh, Nostrand coming in here saying beef up the offensive line and get healthy for next year. Get on the same page. Maybe we have a shot and a who in the Oh, he, then he talked about, you already pulled up the who in the right mind would take Russell's contract. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I agree with you hundred um, percent. There's actually some weird data with Russell Wilson that shows that the offensive line is not as bad as uh, it's played, even though a lot of these guys are getting beat because the, I think the typical marker for offensive line pass blocking competence is three seconds. And the Broncos are doing about league average at the three second mark. Russell Wilson likes to hold on to the ball longer than most quarterbacks. Which is extending that before he gets yes. hit. I mean, yep. I it's not I know what I see, man. You can talk yeah. numbers, and yeah. you know, these same numbers are also saying the Broncos were a top 10 offensive line. I can watch it and yeah. know that your your data is skewed based on your input. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Garbage uh, in, garbage out, man. And I, this offensive line is bad. I don't need the the the, the data to to convince me one way or the other. They are bad, but would you agree that Russell Wilson is making them look worse than they are to an extent? Is it the chicken of the egg on this though? Like we said the other day mm-hmm. when, you know, when I'm dropping back to pass and I'm afraid of getting hit, he's all of a sudden got happy feet back there. He's getting jumpy. Mm-hmm. He doesn't trust his receivers coming in and out of the break. Now, is that all on Russell Wilson or is that a combination of all of it until I've got a competent offensive line? I don't know. And that's the mm-hmm. problem for me is you know until my quarterback feels comfortable in the pocket I don't I don't know what I've got out of him and then then you get guys that'll stand in there and see the rush coming you know what to expect when you can't anticipate we talk about it on defense all the time about you know linebackers anticipation's worth two tenths of a second on the 40 it's it's even more important when you're talking about three seconds versus 3.2 versus 3.3 time to pass yep. and you're getting the ball out in a hurry to to your wide receivers it's even more important anticipation and the throws anticipatory throws throwing before the guy even comes out of his breaks even more important for your quarterback yeah and there is no trust from the receivers to the quarterback quarterback to the receivers quarterback to the offensive line offensive line to the quarterback coach to the quarterback any of it it's a mess Mm -hmm. and right now the first thing i have to do is get that offensive line better yep i agree with you 100 percent I do think that Russ is making them look worse than they are in the past rush. Yeah, I just don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think Russ is probably as dependent on competency at the offensive line as any quarterback given his style of play and his lack of this is part of the style of play, but how long he likes to hold on the football and how poor he is in the quick game. What does that mean? You have to be top 10 probably in the run game to overcome the struggles in the quick game. Broncos aren't there personnel wise. It's one of the reasons that I'm, everybody drink. Broncos need to go really hard at run personnel on the offensive side of the ball this season because they need to force teams out of two high safety shells, which the Broncos, I think, are seeing that more than any team in football so far this season. And Russ is doing terrible against two high safety shells. Caveat that cover six is he's doing a little better against cover six than cover four or cover two. But uh, how do you get teams out of those light boxes to high safety shells? You punish them with the run game. And the Broncos offensive line isn't doing that. The Broncos running backs aren't doing that. Uh, so I think that's the offseason. You have to go really hard uh, on the offensive line and the running game in general. I'm everybody's going to be against me on this one, but I think there's been a philosophical change in football with the Vic high Fangio defense, especially with Russell Wilson, where the running back value is actually ticked up a tad. And if you can get a it's dominant, cyclical. it's we, cyclical. We've talked about this a zillion yeah. times. It's cyclical. You get light. I'm going to get heavy. Yep. You know, you, you go out there. If you're, if your base defense is going to be the penny front, I'm going to run it down your damn throat. Yes. 100%. And also because of the 
the way the contracts are set up, I'd never take a running back top 10. Um, but in the back end of the first round, if you can get that slotted fifth year contract for cheap and the franchise tag when teams aren't paying running backs, so that running back franchise tag is cheap, you get that running back for six years of control, which is fine. Um, I'm not against it in the very end of the first round. Uh, if you have a special, ha- the caveat that it's a special talent, why is that more important for Russell Wilson than anybody else? Well, first, I think the Broncos are bottom five in the NFL and EPA per target for running backs in the pass game. They're doing bleep with the ball in their hands in the pass game and they're targeting the running back a lot in those dump offs and the Broncos are doing nothing. Okay. Get an explosive guy in the pass game. Uh, number two, again, Broncos are seeing more two high safety shells than nearly any team in football. How do we get out of that? You punish them with the run game. And, uh, I think those are the, those are the main ones. I mean, it's there's and the contract stuff as well, but something to consider here. Um, Jeremy saying, how guy, how can you prove the offensive line at this point though? I really think that adding, um, and a lot of Broncos country is going to disagree with me on this, but I watch the offensive line a lot. Uh, my eyes are being gouged out this season, given how both my teams are on the offensive line. But I really think that Cam Fleming might've been your best offensive lineman so far this season. Quinn Miners has been good. Cam Fleming was right there with him at right tackle and left tackle. He was playing great. I think PFF, you know, say what you will, um, but their overall grade this season had him as the like 21st graded offensive tackle in general. And some of those offensive tackles graded only have like 15 snaps. So mm-hmm. he's actually been... Close to league average at offensive tackle. Getting him back, I think, will be a big bonus. Uh, Tom Compton last season was a dominant uh, run blocker, so getting him back should improve the, the run game there. And then Graham Glasgow, if he's healthy, is was better than Lloyd Cushenberry at the center position. So how can the offensive line improve? Three reinforcements right there might help a heck of a lot uh, if you can get those guys healthy and playing. And I didn't mind Wattenberg at guard. You know, get, no. the, get him out of his head. You know, again, just having some competition there. Get him out of his head because center yeah. is a very cerebral position mm-hmm. for a rookie coming in. I don't want you thinking. You know, yeah. I want I want you doing a job. This is your assignment. Don't worry about everybody else's assignment. Don't worry about what that backer is doing or this guy coming on a stunt. Don't worry about it. This is your assignment. And if they do this, this is your assignment. You got two reads, like a quarterback with two reads. I got two reads. So Wattenberg at guard. Um, I'm not I'm not advocating for him to start by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. Um, but Compton coming in, I'd like somebody to push Reisner. I really would. Um, Fleming getting healthy. But again, how can you improve the line at this point? And honestly, Jeremy, I'm, I'm looking to next year. You're, you've got your quarterback. We've already discussed ad nauseum why Russell Wilson is going to be a Denver Bronco for the next couple of years. Um, so I'm, I'm looking at team building. I'm, I'm thinking of next year as well. Mm-hmm. Got to build that offensive line and uh, got to build a really good run game personnel. I would even give up a little bit on the pass blocking side of things. If it meant that the, they were that much better in the run game. Because oh, and, I think- and you know, the, the offensive weapon who was a free agent that we talked a little bit about that would have been very good in the passing game out of the backfield. Who? Cordero Patterson. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, now he's, he said, he, he came up with a tweet. He said, F the money. This is where I wanted to be. So he may have gotten an offer. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But you want to talk about loosening up a little bit because not only he's not just a, a Deg, Dave Meggett type scat back, third down back who you can dump it off to. It, he he will catch it and punish people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he he would have been – he could have been really, really well used. Not that he couldn't be used in any offense. He's a good player. But yeah. what you're describing, targeting the running backs, Cordell Patterson would have been a really nice fit for this team. And I see some people in here. I saw some comments about uh, Tim Patrick killed this team when he went down. 
I think the biggest kill for this team was losing Javante Williams. Cause again, we keep coming back to the value of forcing teams into single high safety shells. And right now, are you getting, are you emptying? Are you uh, loading the box to stop Melvin Gordon? No. Latavius Murray? No. Chase Edmonds? No. Johnson Williams made you think once or twice about uh, playing a little lighter with two sa- two safeties just sprinting back on every play. So I think that was the one that really uh, broke this team, unfortunately. Eddie Vasquez coming in here saying, love you guys. Started working early shifts and you guys rock. You rock, Eddie. Thank you so much. Hope the uh, early shifts are going well. Uh, flying to the game from Austin this Sunday for my birthday. Heck yeah. First time in 17 years. They play on my birthday wearing my uh, D will Jersey, uh, RIP Raiders, uh, Darren Williams, man, that's a throwback Jersey there. Rest in peace, Darren. What a heck of a cornerback. Uh, what a tragedy uh, with him. And uh, hopefully, get, I mean, God, if I could pick one game to watch the rest of the season, it's this Raiders game. And why is that? The Raiders defense is horrible guys. The Raiders defense is poor. Uh, I have it. Um, right up, pull up right here. Uh, so EPA uh, expected points added is a pretty good advanced stat metric for the overall systems. It's not the best for the individual player, but overall systems, it's pretty good. The Raiders are 29th in the NFL this year in EPA defense. Um, the only teams that have worse defenses right now are the Bears, uh, the Browns, and of course, the Lions. Now, the actually kind of a little bit surprisingly, the Raiders run game is run defense is middle of the pack, but they have the worst passing defense in terms of EPA in the entire NFL. So Broncos should have a chance to move the football in this one. They should be able to score some points and uh, hopefully score in the twenties in this game. I think the Broncos, their last three games at Denver have averaged about, I think nine and a half points per game, which is maddening, uh, unbelievable. Uh, But this is a game. I think the Broncos should at least be put, they should put up 20 points, even with the injuries assuming that you have some reinforcements coming on the offensive line. Aki Dragon comes in. He says, wasn't Peyton on the Vikings when they had Patterson and thought he was a bust? I don't, how long was Peyton with the Vikings? A long while. time, wasn't he? A while. Yeah, so, yeah. so probably. Um, he was first team all pro as a kick returner. He was never really a pure wide receiver. You yeah. know, that's the difference right now when, when people want to talk about Debo Samuel. Um, Debo could make, money in this league as just playing wide receiver Cordero Patterson. It was interesting when he was at Hutchinson uh, junior college, he was so much physically better than everybody else that he was obviously a standout, but he always lined up on the coaching staff side of the ball at wide receiver. So, you know, if, if, if they're going left to right, he's on the near side when they switch and go the other direction, he's still on the near side. So he was always on the coach's side of the ball. So there may have been something about his understanding of the game or whatnot, the nuances that that just took a little bit longer for him. But Arthur Smith found a way to use him effectively, and he's had, in his years 30, he's become a, a pretty dangerous weapon besides just kick returns. Yep. But he's been on five teams. So, you know, it's yep. not like he was he was a special teams guy, you know, that that who had made a nice living – like, okay, well, let's hand him the ball in the run. You know, again, running back's not the most cerebral position in the world. I'm going to hand you the ball. We talk about contributing early. A route tree for Greg Dulcich isn't that hard. I don't need to worry about blitz pickups and all this stuff. He can come in and contribute as a receiver, a running back. You know, how hard is the playbook? Give me the ball. Do I run left or right? You know, that ain't, that ain't that hard. Give me the snap count and hand me the ball. Blitz pickups and all that type of stuff gets a little bit tougher. Um, but, you know, using an athlete like Cordell Patterson – Arthur Smith has, has done it very well with the Falcons. Yeah, 100%. 
Gary Hoover saying, good morning, guys. I keep hearing Hackett say the games are one score games, but normally you only say that when you have competitive games. We aren't competitive with the poor play calling. They're one score games because the defense is Scott. Did you ever watch Game of Thrones? Oh, yeah. yeah. I read all the books, too. So okay. which is two different stories. So, yes, <laughs> the, the scene, not I guess we can do spoilers, but the uh, the hold the door scene. Mm-hmm. That's the Broncos defense at this point. You know, other teams are scraping at them and, you know, slowly decaying that unit. But the defense is holding them back for the offense to at least have a chance. Uh, in the end, the bad guys see, seem to keep winning this one. But that's the defense. It's almost an insurmountable task holding the door against those uh, opposing offenses. To the Gary, extent you're going to be in every game at, when you've got a number one defense in the in the league, as long as they're playing and still holding up like that, you're going to be in every game. Yeah. So it is competitive. But you get down a score. You feel like it's over. You know, you go up 10 points through a busted play and a bunch of uh, a, a couple penalties to put you in field goal range and you're up 10 yep. 0, then you're done. Okay. So, can you hold everybody else to under 10 points a game? Well, that's a, that's a tall order in the NFL. Um, you're holding them to under 20. What is it, 16? Something that the, the points per game is really good. Um, you know, and, and again, the efficiency of this defense is much better than it was last year because if, the other team got as many possessions this year as they they got as many positions last year as they do this year with as many three announces as we see. The Broncos wouldn't have been top five in points per game. I promise you that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Nick Simmons coming in here saying I've been a season ticket holder for 12 years. Well, congrats to you. That's a big one. Uh, this is the first t- year I have no desire to go to the last games of the season. This is the worst I've seen it. You know what? Sell those tickets or donate them or something like that. Don't give up those season tickets because eventually the ball will bounce back. Maybe it, the Broncos will be relevant again by the time Patrick Mahomes is on his downward arch <laughs> of his career, uh, and that'll be good for Denver. But uh, things will bounce back eventually. It's definitely frustrating right now, but I've said it 100 times on here. Bad football is better than no football. Uh, so we'll continue to watch, and there's still plenty of young players to look for that we can build on towards the uh, – the future, but keep your head up, Nick. Uh, we also got Gatorade Gaming coming in here saying morning, Nick and Scott and Broncos country. Good to see you, Gatorade Gaming. Hope you're doing well. Uh, getting back to the Raiders, he says the Raiders defense is bad, but we are pretty bad offense ourselves. It's a battle of the movable object versus the stoppable force. I think the, the Broncos' offensive force meets the movable object. Something's yes. got to give. Something's got to give. It's uh, the Raiders. 32 in uh, defensive DVOA this season. Uh, absolutely abysmal. They are uh, 32nd in the pass defense and 24th in the rush defense and uh, just been horrible. The Broncos, I think, have the uh, 32nd DVOA offense. So uh, let's see it. Oh, actually, Indy. Denver's not dead last, according to uh, Football Outsiders Advanced Metrics. So God bless. Uh, the Colts are actually worse, according to uh, the adjusted uh, weighted based on schedule and uh, performance. So Awesome. Uh, Broncos, not the last. Um, but uh, this should be a game, again, where the Broncos, I think they can do enough offensively to keep this game as intriguing and enjoyable. And also, we're not playing for draft position right now. It's not like I think ESPN FBI right now is projecting the Broncos to, the Broncos team to earn the third overall pick in the draft this season, which then would go to Seattle. Hell no, we're not, we're not playing for that. We're playing to give the Seahawks not a top 10 pick now. And uh, I think this is a game where you can start to build on that. Robbie Doe, if that's who you really are, Robbie, says, remember the last two games of the season? Broncos and fans jumped on the blame QB bandwagon, podcasters and all. You deserve the next five years of crap. You know how much I love revisionist history, Nick. 
You know, yeah. it's just, let's just make things up as we go along and we'll say that's fact and we'll state it as fact. Therefore, it must be fact. Robbie, you don't know what you're talking about. So have a good day. Sounds like a anybody's blaming the last two games of the season because it was Drew Locke's fault the last two games. Come on, man. There was plenty going around way before then. You remember a guy named Teddy Bridgewater and all the shtick he got? Vic Fangio, Pat Shermer. I remember hearing all those names, brother. It wasn't just him. So uh, try again. You can do better. Absolutely. Well, keeping it on the uh, this Raiders game here, I think it. You we hit the nail on the head earlier. This is a game that you need to isolate Josh Jacobs and say, this guy will not beat us. I know that Devontae Adams is a better player, but you have the anti or the opposite of uh, Devontae Adams in terms of Patrick Sertan as an equivalent level player on the other side of the field. I think you trust Patrick Sertan to go out there and be, and be Patrick Sertan in this game and use the scheme and the extra resources that you have there to stop the run game. All these games, I, I don't even know what the average is. You said the Raiders are 6-0 with Jacobs playing. Mm-hmm. He's got to average about 150 yards a game against them with a crazy yards per uh, touch and like touchdowns. This needs to be a Josh Jacobs will not beat us game. You just went out there and killed Derrick Henry. There's no way you shouldn't be able to do that against Josh Jacobs against a worse running back, a less athletic quarterback, and a worse offensive line. There's just there's just no reason for it. Yeah, I mean, if you go one on one and Devontae has his day, it is a passing league. So let's say yeah. you know he gets his. He goes for you know eight one fifty and a touchdown. So what? Okay, if you if you keep Josh Jacobs under wraps and he has a Derrick Henry type day where he has 18 carries for 50 yards and shut out, you can win that you're in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if if you shut down Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs, pick your poison on this. And the thing is, you might not have to. You can try, you might be able to pull off both. I know if I don't load up to stop Josh Jacobs, I'm not gonna. I'm not. What I don't know, I can load up to stop Josh Jacobs and possibly stop Devontae Adams give me that one give me option two I'll give that a shot yeah 100 percent um I you gotta you gotta load up to stop um Josh Jacobs and this game everybody's like oh the Broncos are rough blah 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 uh you know it's not rough Mark uh, Mark Schrader coming in good to see you Mark hope you're doing well I know that the uh the road to recovery from that heart surgery is not always easy so but thinking about you and I was like I haven't seen Mark that much uh lately but good to see you in here uh, saying hello, but yeah, this is a game. The battle of Devontae Adams and Patrick Sertan itself will be worth the price of admission, in my opinion. It's two bad teams, but if you're looking for an elite matchup, it's right there. Uh, that's going to be an absolutely fun matchup to see. Uh, and I think also we talked about nobody's targeting Patrick Sertan this season. Patrick Sertan if, against Devontae Adams, when Devontae Adams is like probably the only legitimate weapon out there uh, for the the Raiders, is when you got to watch. Now, I will say, caveat: the Broncos have given up some home run balls on the back end of the defense, especially with Kareem Jackson slowing down, Justin Simmons hurt, blah, blah, blah. Mac Hollins is a great deep ball, go ball kind of guy. Like he's what you want for your fourth wide receiver because he's amazing in special teams, great blocker, big height, height, weight, speed, deep threat kind of guy. You don't want also to have Mac Williams catch that one 70 yard touchdown that changes the game because you can't keep up with that level of uh, offensive output. But, uh, I think that you do everything you can to stop Jacobs, isolate Adams, and then hopefully roll coverage over to that deep side if uh, Hollins is getting there deep with that single high safety. So we should probably talk the Broncos on offense with the Raiders defense now. Yeah, and that's that's what worries me about this, uh, Nick. If I've got my choice of having, 
I think it's I think it's harder to play offense. So if I've got my choice against, you know, if I could have the good offense and bad defense, or the bad offense and good defense, I'd probably take my chances with the team that can play offense, even against the really good defense, because it's just it's harder to play offense. What that means is the Denver Broncos really historically bad offense can still be held in check by a bad defense. Mm-hmm. Um, that's whereas, you know, it, it won't take 30 points to, to beat this team. You know, it, it could take 20 points and a good offense getting 20 points is really holding them back. Some that's still, you re, for the most part, you're still doing your job as a defense. Um, but what can they do here? You know, we've just gone and talked about all the dysfunction. You know, like you said, run the ball, play action, find Dulcich, catch the ball when it hits your hands. There's been a ton of drops this year, Nick. Yeah. Uh, on both sides of the ball. Russ, get rid of the ball quicker. Trust your reads, trust your receivers. If a guy runs a wrong route and you throw an interception, yes, it goes on your stat. So what? Let the coaches and announcers cover for you. Um, it, it just play within yourselves. You know, uh, keep it simple, stupid. Um, mm-hmm. You know, don't try it. Don't go swinging haymakers every single time. Let's see how many cliches I can throw out there, but keep it, keep it simple. Uh, would, would I say, what would, would I say on this one? You know, when we're talking about the, the over under on this, it says the, the, the over under was easy money. I said that last week. I don't say that this week, the last game, these guys got together, they scored 50 something, you know, 52 what was it 31, 21, 52 points. Mm-hmm. Um, the Raiders have scored a lot on the Broncos. I think the first Raiders game I watched with this Broncos while doing this, Derek Carr averaged about 27 yards per completion. Um, the different defense now, but I wouldn't touch this one. I wouldn't touch this game either way. It could go. It's com- for me, it's completely unpredictable. It really is. You know, I, I, I joked about the princess bride when we were talking about it yesterday, Nick, it's like, clearly I can't choose the cup in front of you. And clearly, I can't choose the cup in front of me. Am I supposed to choose the Denver Broncos right now, the way they're playing? I can't do that. Josh McDaniels at the Las Vegas Raiders, I'm really going to pick them to win? No way. I can't do that. Maybe maybe Nathaniel Hackett was wrong. Someone doesn't have to win this game. It can be a tie crap fest. But I wouldn't touch this game. This game is unpredictable to me. We got to pick a winner, though, regardless. No, we I don't. <laughs> Who do I pick? I'm going to – I'd go – I would go the historical route. I would go the 6-0 and running back, and I would go the team that has looked competent on offense, and I would go the Raiders. And I, I can't pick the Raiders because Josh McDaniels is three years proven what we all think Nathaniel Hackett is. Mm-hmm. So well, at least his side of the ball works. The side that he's coaching. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're injured. They're beat up. But how do you pick the Broncos right now at home? Um I don't know. I don't like it at all. I mean, in a vacuum, I'd probably say the Raiders, but at home with the better defense, the Raiders can't beat anybody right now. I'd probably say the Broncos. I, I don't like this game at all, Nick. I'd flip a coin, honestly. It's completely unpredictable to me. Stay away from it. I'll usually give you all a, a game, a, something to bet on, and I'm probably about 5-1 and one talking about, you know, take the over, take the under, take this team. Usually it's over-under on this. Don't touch this game, man. Don't touch it. Unless you're trying to hedge. Unless you're trying to hedge on this. And how much would I pay for a win? This one's unpredictable. I think if the Broncos do get the offensive line reinforcements in yeah, this one. If, 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 I know, I know. Uh, but if they get their 
offensive line reinforcements, I think they do win this game. I think the defense is playing at a level and I think they're going to want defense is focused right now. I think on obviously winning football games, but going on a run and being like, okay, we're not winning football games. Let's just be the best defense we possibly can be this season. The outcome of the game be damned. We're going to do it. Uh, And they gave up what? 32 points to the Raiders last time. This is their worst output of the season. I think they want looking to rectify that. I think they've, you know, very annoyed by getting beat by the Raiders and Josh Jacobs. The Raiders are injured pretty badly. So if, if, if the Broncos offensive line is getting Glasgow back and Fleming back and Compton back, or even just two of those three guys, I feel a lot better about this offense. Uh, so I think the Broncos are going to win this one um, and win this game. I'm going to have the Broncos winning 20 to 16. So that is the, the under, uh, but the under. I, and it was 55. It was 32 to 23 last time, 32 to 23. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking the under on this one, both these teams are more injured this time. Uh, but, and also I think the Broncos are going to lean into what we saw a little bit last week. Maybe not as much five, three defense, but a definitely a lot of a uh, base uh, defense out there. And I think they will be better for it. Also having Justin Simmons in this matchup when they didn't have him last time, I think will help as well. So, uh, 20 to 16 is what I'm going to go. I think the Broncos win this one matchup to watch on both sides of the ball. So number one is uh, of course, Patrick Sertan versus Devontae Adams. Typically you don't see cornerback shadow guys these days, but with how injured the, the uh, goodness, how injured the Raiders are in the pass catching department. I think this is a game where you consider shadowing uh, a good bit. And then the other side of the ball, it's probably got to be, Max Crosby versus whoever he goes against. Uh, Russell Wilson's got to feel him out there. You, I think you have to run a lot to protect your tackles. I know the Raiders are good, uh, average, not good, against stopping the run versus dead last in the pass. I still think that means you need to run the football and then be super explosive and effective when you pass. It doesn't have to be a high-volume passing game. It just needs to be effective and explosive when you do pass. So that's what I'm thinking. I think the Broncos, uh, 20 points. Uh, and do you think the defense is going to score 20 points? No, but I think this Raiders defense is that bad that even the Broncos are going to put up uh, 20 points against them. Highest output of the season, wasn't it? With 23 points? Yep, in um, Vegas. By a good margin. What was the next closest? 17? No, they get 21 against the Jags. Okay. Jags. They, get, they yeah. get 21 against the Jaguars. Um, Jaguars defense is better than this. It's just, to me, it's 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 unpredictable. And, and again, I've told you before, I have trouble when you've got an emotional connection. It's, it makes it harder to be logical. And you think the the big grudge match, Seahawks, the Russell Wilson Bowl, lost. Josh McDaniels coming back to to Denver as a head coach with the Raiders. Well, it, it, you went there, lost. You know you're zero and two in those big. We can't lose to that guy games. Mm-hmm. Well, this is a third one. This is a third one coming up. So I, I like I said for me, I, I, I it, it's unpredictable for for my betting logic choose somewhere else, go, yeah. go look somewhere else just because they could come together. You know, we talk about all these ifs, what if they can't lay a glove on Max Crosby and he gets forces two turnovers. What if these guys really do like Josh McDaniels and, and, and Derek Carr rallies the team and is able to pick the defense apart. What if again, you, you talk, I'll just stick with Crosby on this. The defense is bad, but it only takes one guy. You've got a hole on your offensive line, and you've got a, a one of the best edge rushers in the league. It only takes one guy to ruin an offensive play. Um, on the other side of things, and then you know, you, you still go back to the Josh McDaniels factor. He's a buffoon. Um, you know, I don't believe that these guys want to play for him at all. But can we? What what can we say about the Broncos? So uh, anyway, I I I don't. 
I'll pick the Raiders just for the sake of Broncos country because I am a jinx, but uh, I don't feel good about this game one way or the other. Yeah, I don't feel good about it uh, at all myself. And one last thing I wanted to get into before we get out of here, Scott, I don't know if you saw this uh, data uh, come out uh, yesterday from ESPN 538 has been working with uh, ESPN. Tell me, you guys, let me know if you can see that on your screen. Keep coming. Um, you got you to gotta really... Better to just better to have it that you have to scroll one more, one more still. Yeah. Goodness. Okay. Okay. And just scroll. <laughs> so you're the... looking at and then scroll through the through the because uh, I'm on, I'm on a like a 27 inch monitor and that's what it takes for me to see it. Okay, Nobody so on this... their phone. If you're watching mobile, there is no chance this is going to be seen. And anybody listening audio wise, obviously. Yeah. So ESPN Analytics next gen stats through week ten via Seth Walder. And Brian Burke at ESPN, they do a lot of the GPS data and whatnot. So this is a new uh, output from them. We've all seen this for the defensive line and the offensive line, but this is for wide receivers. And we have a catch score on the Y-axis here out of 100, and we have an open score out of the on the X-axis here. Jerry oh, Judy, awful. Um, two of the worst catch score players in football so far this season, but the also two worst. The two worst uh, in this data set. There are a couple tight ends that are worse, but yes, uh, the two worst. And also on the, but on the X axis, they are probably in the top. Cortland Sutton's in the top quartile. Jerry Judy's in the top 33% for um, open score. So what does this mean? I actually talked with Brian Burke for a little bit about this um, mm-hmm. yesterday. He was gracious enough to respond to some of my questions. The Broncos are Jerry Judy, especially, but also Cortland Sutton dropping the ball at a poor rate. Uh, but why are they so open? What does that mean? Despite the catch score, Russell Wilson is not throwing the ball to the open guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, these guys are getting open and Russ is not seeing them or getting it to them in time or, uh, you know, or having the time to, to throw the ball or the time to throw the ball. Yes. Yeah. Um, he is, I think 10th in the league and average time to throw. Uh, but part of that I, is his, yeah, that gets so skewed. I saw that yes. with Matt Ryan last year based no. on, okay, when are you, are you stopping the clock when his butt hits the ground or what an extra half second? Because Matt Ryan was in the top 10% last year for time to throw, but your eyes tell you a different story on yeah. this. There's gotta be a way to, better way to tabulate it. Mm-hmm. But uh, regardless, um, what does this data mean? It means the Broncos are dropping the ball at a higher rate. Uh, no doubt, which hurts. And also Russell Wilson's not finding the open guy, uh, which is pretty obvious. Both of these things pretty obvious on tape. Uh, but it's just like everything on the offense right now has been a disappointment. The only thing on the offense that I can say has been outperformed expectations so far this season for me is Greg Dulcich. Every single other individual player out there long enough to be ruined. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I guess Cam Fleming, too, because uh, he was signed last minute and he's like, oh, my God, this is actually a competent offensive tackle out there. Not great, but competent. Um, So uh, Compton or excuse me, um, Fleming and. Uh, Dulcich are the only ones, uh, but Greg, Greg Smith wants to run the oop de oop with four wide left and then one to the right. My question with this, Greg, is do you have five receivers? You could you could even line up out there. That's too many, isn't it? Five? No, you do. It's it's five linemen, five receivers, and a quarterback. That's ten. Yeah, the oop the oop de oop. So, yep. uh, got to get rid of the ball quick though. Yep. That's that's what the that's what the oop de oop was all about. Yep. So. Uh, Pretty unfortunate. He doesn't know what we're talking about because he doesn't watch Varsity Blues habitually like the rest of us. It's been a bit. There's only one movie that I watch probably 
every single year. Actually, that's not true. There's two movies Christmas that I watch. Every... <laughs> I do watch Christmas Story a lot. I don't know if I watch it every year. Uh, every single Christmas Eve, I watch It's a Wonderful Life. Um, I've never seen a... that. Oh, man, I love Jimmy Stewart. Um, he's great. Uh, and also I watch uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall every year. That's like one of my uh, guilty pleasure movies, too. I, I, I like that one. Um, yeah. I like forgetting Sarah Marshall. And I think that probably put Mila Kunis in my top five until she started hacking crap. Jim beam bourbon. Sorry, Jim beam. If you want to sponsor the show, uh, then I'm like, Jim beam is discount brand. What are you doing? I'm like, you're off. You're off the list. Yeah. I doesn't, doesn't matter to me. <laughs> She's a, <laughs> that's a great show. And uh love Jason Siegel as well. Jonah Hill, Russell Brand. So anyway, well, we got to get on out of here. We're over an hour now. I just wanted to, I thought that data set was really interesting and it kind of just shows how everything open, is breaking. But they're not catching the ball. It's basically what that said is they're open as much as any receiver in the NFL and they're catching it less than anybody. That's what yep. it says. Yep. Uh, Really unfortunate. And you go digging further into the advanced analytics and Russell Wilson's been the 22nd to the 38th ranked quarterback in terms of target accuracy, uh, catchable targets, et cetera, et cetera. Now some of that is exacerbated by how many gimmies he overlooks to take the deep shots. So he's t- choosing harder to complete targets, but still, um, we got all off season, I guess, to break this down further, but I uh, appreciate you guys so much. Uh, Scott has the Broncos. Raiders ending in a tie. We all lose. Freaking coin. <laughs> uh, honestly, it's it's to me, it's there. There isn't. I cannot think of a reason to say this is the team that should win. I mean, I can think of one, but I can't come up with more for one than the other. I, I really can't. It's yeah. the, the line has to be within two with the home field going to Denver. Um, you know, two or three with the home field, which is basically a pick them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the over-under, normally I'd say the under, but these boys put up 55 points last time they played. So there isn't there isn't a lot I like about this game from a uh, from a pick'em point of view, other than stay away from it. If yeah. it was me, I'd hedge. If it, you want to you want to buy a victory for this one and, and and get paid for your misery watching your team lose, this is a good game to do it. 100. Well, I got the Broncos winning, uh, 20 to 16, and. Uh... Feel those good vibes rolling. Well, we appreciate you guys joining us today. Make sure you're following Scott on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you're following us at BFB underscore pod on Twitter, as well as at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join our Facebook communities at facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle pod. And as the ticker says underneath, please like, subscribe, and share on Facebook, but especially on YouTube. We are always going live on YouTube. You're more likely to get a notification on there. And uh, also, I say hello to our uh, Twitch folks as well. I see Gatorade Gaming's in here with the uh, the llama picture. Maybe that's an alpaca. It looks a little furrier. Uh, but uh, appreciate you guys so much. Um, we're going to keep at it here. Obviously, the season's been rough, but I think this is going to be a fun game. This is going to be one that you're going to want to tune into because the Broncos offense is actually going up against a bad defense. So we might the have stakes in this game are sky high. I mean, they yeah. really are the, the loser of this game could be looking for a new coach on Monday. Uh, in, now it's the Raiders very won't. possible. The Raiders won't, they can't, um, they don't have the actual finances to move Bologna. on from Josh McDaniels. Baloney. The I old, mean, the said- old vote of confidence, not buying it. Oh, man. Not, not I, buying it. I, I think these the Raiders- guys can come up with money if they need it. So 
maybe they'll get a, a GoFundMe going. But like, I see pictures of Mark Davis after games eating at Burger King in a booth. Like he's, I think he's a little strapped. And that's not a joke. Like that's. <laughs> what are you moving to Vegas for? You you make those moves to put billions in your pocket. Are you incompetent as an owner too? Oh, don't answer that. I know. I think they are still paying for the stadium. They're paying the league for the move and they are paying their last coaching staff. Big money still. So I think that they are stuck with McDaniels. Uh, he'll be the head coach again next season, barring something crazy happening. But uh, we'll see. Uh, appreciate you guys so much. Obviously, the season hasn't gone as we had planned, but we're not going anywhere. The team's not going anywhere. Offense isn't going anywhere. Uh, but we're going to continue to break them down uh, and have fun with it. You guys make it a lot of fun as well. Like I said, we really do appreciate you coming in. Thanks for all the support, the comments, tuning in, and the super chats, of course. Uh, you guys have a great rest of your day. Have a great weekend. Uh, as always, choose compassion and kindness and go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.